May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Since the War of 1812, the people of these United States have not known what it is like to have the boots of foreign soldiers on this soil seeking to invade or lay claim to this land. Let me put that another way. Since this territory was declared independent of the British crown in 1776, only one time in 200 years, that past 200 years, have we experienced a foreign nation trying to invade or take this land as captive. We've known war. We've known attacks. Uh, Pearl Harbor comes to mind. An event in Lower Manhattan, perhaps you remember, occurred a few years ago. But we've not experienced foreign soldiers. We've known international conflict. We have television after all, right? So we can turn on the TV and we we see this taking place um, somewhere across the world in the comfort of our own living rooms. Feeling rather secure, perhaps, at times while we watch that. A lot of the time when we see conflict taking place around the world, it usually is taking place in one particular part of the world. This little country, this little tiny country... And then only nine miles wide at one part. A very small little country in the Middle East called Israel. I suppose there are a few of you here old enough to remember Walter Conkright. Just a few of you. And, uh, and perhaps you remember, you know, back those many years ago, maybe you remember watching Uncle Walter on the television and he would talk about conflict that was going on in Israel between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Maybe some of you go back before Uncle Walter. And maybe you remember whoever it was before that who was talking about conflict that was going on in Israel at the time. It's ironic, but it's true. Perhaps that's why it's ironic, is because it's true. That this land that we call the Holy Land, land viewed as holy by Christians, Muslims, and Jews, is the most bitterly contested piece of real estate on the entire planet and has been now for thousands of years. Jerusalem is in the toughest neighborhood in the world and has been for a very long time. What you may not know is Israel has a very long history. We can recount the history of the United States in just a couple hundred years, which we think seems like a long time, but when you talk about a country that's been around for thousands of years... A couple hundred years is but a drop in the bucket. And there were times in Israel's long history when they went through what would be our entire history with relative peace. No international conflicts really to deal with. Life seemed pretty good. Prosperity was at hand. Borders were secure. Things were going well. I imagine there was a time, maybe um, a, a time where, where a guy sat down in a coffee shop and sipped an espresso and read the newspaper in Jerusalem with no real concerns about what was happening around the world. I mean, the newspaper is probably printed on stone, but you got the idea, right? It was, it was a, a time of relative peace and security. This was about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, I think, was one of those times. 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, there was a man who was a chaplain uh, basically, in, in the palace court, and his name was Isaiah. His job was to be a preacher to the king. I, I kind of imagine Isaiah as a pretty impressive figure. You know, I, I think that um, 
that he would have uh, he would have preached a really good sermon. I think he would have led a very dignified sort of service. I mean, it is in the palace after all, right? I, I think that he probably dressed pretty snappy. Probably had a really attractive wife. You know, he he had the things together. I think that he you know he probably had all of his robes color coordinated for the seasons. All the sort of things that you would know you would expect, right? He was he was put together. And then one day this preacher to the king goes to church. He goes to church not as the one who's leading the service. He goes as as a congregant. He goes like everybody else. And he he goes in there and something happens. Right there in the middle of the service, he suddenly has this vision of God. I don't know whether he's transported, whether it's sort of a a, a mental vision. I don't know what what, what time. I don't know how it happened. But if you read in his his book in chapter 6, he tells you, I was caught up. And I beheld the Lord. And he sees God as he really is. And all of a sudden, wow. Everything from that day on changes. No longer is he just the chaplain to the king. He becomes the mouthpiece for God. And what we have here, this book, is is a lot of the collections of what Isaiah had to say. But when he left that day, that temple, and he went back to work, he suddenly took on a new sort of fiery kind of, um, oh, I don't know, uh, determined sort of preaching. He started preaching sermons that made people really uncomfortable. He would say things like, you know, God is not impressed with this church service at all. And everybody would say, who does this guy think he is? You know, And he would say, you know, God doesn't like your services because he doesn't like the shallow superficiality of your worship. He doesn't like that people come in on a Saturday, I guess it was, and, and say one thing and then go out on a Sunday or a Monday and do another. He doesn't like that at all. He even started doing really exotic things. I mean, really kind of cra- Isaiah took off his shoes and then took off all his clothes and walked around naked for three years. I hope that never happens again, right? Um, really kind of, people would say to him, seriously, fellow, what are you doing? Um, and uh, and he would say, God has a message for you. You are naked. You are laid bare. He knows all about you. There's no hiding from him. Don't think you can get away with stuff because you can't. But of course, as people want to do, they didn't listen. Crazy old Isaiah. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, he must be a tenured prophet. We can't get rid of him. He keeps hanging around, uh, but he's a little off. He's not quite all there together there. He's, he's a little strange. And for heaven's sakes, go put on some clothes, you know? I mean, what are you doing? One day he shows up and he preaches one of his most terrifying sermons. Here's what he says. Come here and listen, O nations of the earth. Let the world and everything in it hear my words. The Lord is enraged against the nations. His fury is against all their enemies. Listen to this. He will completely destroy them, bringing about their slaughter. Their dead will be left unburied. The stench of rotting bodies fill the land. The mountains will flow with blood. And everybody said, oh my word. Can you imagine the discussions at brunch? (laughs) What in the world was he talking about up there? I mean, that would be the crazy... Would you pass the marmalade? You know, it had to be uh, something kind of really um, really earth shattering but here's the thing 
It actually happened. What Isaiah said would happen actually did happen. It took place. The the nations of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah experienced foreign nations invading them that made the Nazis look like Sunday school teachers. I mean, they were brutal. They were the most brutal type of people. They took entire cities and captured them and deported them from their homes, the ones who were left alive. And then moved people from their country in and took over their homes. It was an awful... I mean, all hell broke loose in Israel. Just like Isaiah said was going to happen. And I think, I think when this happened, I think people probably said, that guy wasn't so crazy after all, you know? I I mean, he he sort of short-sold that thing. I mean, it was actually worse than what he said it was going to be. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, gee, Joe... I heard, I, I heard Phil read Isaiah a few moments ago, and it sounded pretty nice. <laughs> I mean, it sounded kind of sweet, didn't it? It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a pretty poem. It was about, you know, the lame leaping like a deer and uh, people singing, and it was a wonderful message. What happened there? Well, here's the thing. That was the rest of the story. See, Isaiah has these parallel messages that go all the way throughout his entire book. His, his collection of sermons and poems, those are what we have, Songs that were sung, go these two parallel tracks. One is, listen, God is paying attention. You can't hide from Him. He knows what's going on. He wants people who are authentic in heart. He wants true holiness. And if you don't turn your way, if you don't turn around, I mean, if you don't live that way, if you don't embrace the whole message of Scripture which is not just about coming to worship, but it's about loving your neighbor as you love yourself. It's about caring for the poor and the needy. It's about lifting up the downtrodden. If you're not willing to do that, if you think that you can get away with with disobeying the commandments, if you can dishonor your parents or dishonor your, your marital vows, if you think you can get away with that stuff, let me tell you what, God is paying attention. You cannot. That was the first half of His message. It kind of concluded with this. And if you don't turn around, judgment is coming. The second half of his message said, see, I told you so. (laughs) And then it goes, but I'm not done with you. I love you. I want you back. I told you that I wanted you back. Chapter 34, the mountains are going to flow with blood. Chapter 35, roses are going to bloom in the desert. Springs are going to bubble up all over the place. Chapter 35, verse 1, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly. Do you hear all the the future tense verbs? This is what shall happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen in the future. And then he says, Behold, say to those who are of anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come. There's a future out there. It's going to be different. There's a reason to hope. Notice what God says to the prophet. Tell the people. This is what's going to happen when I come. The eyes of the blind are going to be open. The ears of the deaf are going to be unstopped. The lame are going to walk. The desert's going to turn into an oasis. Did you hear this morning's gospel lesson? Did you hear that, did you hear that, that someone who was demon-possessed was free? And that someone who was deaf was, was, was cured? And someone who was mute was able to speak? I think, I, I think this theme was kind of coming true, don't you? But don't get Isaiah too literal here. He's a master preacher. He's he's a great poet. And and he's telling us that where there is dryness, where there is this, this loss of love for God, that there's going to be this life and health and vibrancy. 
I don't know about you. I don't know if in your life you ever get to those points where you feel sort of, well, you feel sort of spiritually dry. You pray, you say all the things you're supposed to, you read, but it's like wood when you open up the Bible. Your prayers kind of bounce down off the ceiling. Maybe you even go to church and you, Father Joe's sermons sort of sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I think they're all English words, but they're just not fitting together. Um, you know, maybe, you, maybe you've never been there. But I have. And I've been in those places where it seems like God is a million miles away. Isaiah says, if you live in that area, even for a moment, know this. That God wants it differently. He wants to be back. He wants you to have this vibrant, living relationship with Him. You know, it's 200 years since the War of 1812. Ironically, the, um, the, uh, the invader in the War of 1812 is now our closest ally. The crown of Great Britain, right? No secret that we've been, um, we've been in many foreign conflicts since that time. The war between the states... Some of you will catch the way that was said. It was uh, the war between the states cost us 620,000 lives. More than all the rest of the wars combined. But there were World War I and World War II, Korea, Vietnam, twice in Iraq, Afghanistan. I probably missed something in between there. We've been at war a lot. We have not been spared the pain of war. And I don't know if you've noticed lately, have you, have you seen any of these videos um, on YouTube and sometimes they pop up on the news where a soldier comes home and, and surprises somebody? Oh goodness, I saw this one. This little girl, I think she's nine or ten, she's, um, she was in her class and her teacher was in on this. And, and, and her teacher says, will you make a video, tell us about your dad? And she was just, oh, she was so bubbly, she was so happy telling about her dad. You know, he's just a great guy, he's a master sergeant, he's stationed in Iraq and whatever and... And then, after she finished making the video, she went back to her seat and she's sitting there. And her dad surprised her coming home from the war. And he, and he walks in. He's wearing his, his fatigues, you know. He's in uniform. He, he walks in there. And you see this little girl. And someone did excellent camera work. They got right on her face. And, and she looks up. And, and, and the first thing you can tell is, what is that soldier doing in our classroom, you know? And then the second thought that crosses her mind is, wow, that guy looks a lot like my dad. And then the third thought that crosses her mind is, oh, my word, it's him. And she Burst in the it, like like months of prayers and and, and energy and, and 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 worry and concern and joy just all kind of come together right there and and that's what Isaiah says God makes a spring in the desert in this little girl's desert all of a sudden springs I mean literal springs of joy came from her eyes and she ran and she jumped into his arms and the prophet wants to say to you and me. That our Father's coming back. He says that. He actually says that. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are anxious of hearts, Be strong and fear not. Your God will come. And indeed He will. And everything will be made new. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.